And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm down to dunk And I'm down to dunk I'm down to dunk This is J-Dub and I'm down to dunk I'm Shea Gibbs Alexander and I'm down to dunk This is Lindy Waters and I'm down to dunk I'm Mike Muscala and I'm down to dunk This is Jay will and I'm down to dunk this is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecker, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Wednesdays is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, oh, what's up? What's up? I was trying to eat an entire breakfast sandwich before, like, during the intro. <laughs> I don't know. If you, you got it done. I don't know if you could watch me on my little mini screen below. You did kind of have a gravelly voice there at the end. <laughs> oh man, I am. I still haven't finished it, um, but I really tried. Let's go come back up. Let's go re- come back up. <laughs> I really tried. Oh boy, uh, September twentieth. We are so so close to training camp, which opens October second. Obviously, Down to Dunk will be there in full force. And we'll have some really fun, great content for you that day. So be sure to tune in. Be sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel so that you can see some exclusive Thunder content on the Down to Dunk YouTube page. Uh, Shout out to our friend Dane Carr, who's going to be there with me again, shooting some video. Shout out to Big D. Should be a really great day. Uh, But yeah, NBA season's approaching. There's no real news out there however i did want to discuss a couple things that are being floated out there by some uh national people one that i think is really easy to squash just like right away is is chris mannix said on a podcast that if the thunder are doing really good that they might trade for damian lillard (laughs) this season which is insane it's just not it's just in i think it's inaccurate What's funny to me is, hey, your young team is doing amazing. What should you do? (laughs) Trade for an outrageously expensive old point guard who's still really good, but it it makes no logical sense. To me, if the Thunder needed to trade for Damon, it'd be like, man, everything has gone off the rails. Nothing is going well. They need to salvage this somehow. Maybe trading for Damon would help. Not... Everything is going so well. Not. Yeah, and also, if, if you just try to make the money work. Oh, um, yeah, you, try. Like you're, you're, try to do it. You're definitely losing Dort. Yeah. Dort's gone. Dort has to be in it. Uh, you can do Bertans. So that gets you to 28. And do you know what, what uh, Dame is making this year? Not 28. About? He's not. Where is he on this list? Um, he is making 45. 
So I don't know how much more you would have to add, but uh, obviously they're they're not they like let's imagine this is real for a second, uh, j- just uh, just to humor me. Uh, so you would have to do those two guys, Bertans and Dort, and then obviously they would want some young guy because they they seem to at least be able to get Tyler Hero, even though they don't really want him from the Heat, and that's like you know a, a young guy who's puts yeah. up seventeen points per game or whatever. Sure. So they probably want one of our young guys, and mm-hmm. at that point, it's just like, no, yeah. like, it, it would, it would, if if you just think about it for Jang? more than two seconds, give him Jang. Yeah, it, it, maybe that would be the cheapest you could do. It would be Jang, Dort, Bertans, and then if Oladipo's still around, if you need more matching money, and then you think about like how expensive this team is going to get whenever. Giddy's up for an extension. Yeah. And then J-Dub and Chet are up for extensions. And you still have Dame on this outrageous deal. But yeah, because that's the thing about Dame. Like, he makes $63 million in four seasons. In four! In four! In four. There's just, I mean, it's the just... The 26-27 season. I mean, that's... it's it's just illogical. It's just illogical when you just think about the finances of it. Let alone, just, let alone like the actual like team chemistry. Like, because Dame is not Dame is not like the, some spot or the up roster shooter. construction. Like, yes, if you're gonna pick a young team, like I don't know, I, I you could probably get away with saying Orlando just because you're like, well, what yeah. if, you know, Anthony Black doesn't work out, and you yeah. know they have Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony. Sure. Like, I mean, at least that. I don't think Orlando would ever do that, but <laughs> at least so, you can yeah. like kind of imagine Dame. It was like, oh, okay, I could imagine Dame being a starting point guard for the Magic. Mm-hmm. In the case of OKC, it's like, so you, he's going to be the starting point guard with Shea, and then I guess Giddy's not there. <laughs> well, I'm starting trading him. And- yeah, it's, and it's also the Thunder have this all NBA first team guard. That people uh, are saying, hey, he's going to take another leap in this next year. And then you want to take <laughs> take the ball out of his hands more? Because the ball will be out of his hands some because he plays with Giddy and, and J-Dub and Chet. And you want to add Dame to that? Who is not some spot-up guy. I mean, there's just... I, I cannot imagine a scenario where I think it would be a good idea... Would it make them better? Probably, but is it going to make them better in three years? It could make them worse in three years because they they probably can't keep everybody, and then Dame's going to be old, and you're not going to be able to trade him on that deal. It just yeah, and, and good luck with our uh, our dreams of having a, a top ten defense. I think that would be yeah, really challenging. Exactly, because because you're going to be getting smaller because you're pushing Shea to the two, I guess, in this situation. Yeah, because you can't have dame be like guarding twos yeah so you're gonna get smaller overall and then dame isn't a good defender mm-hmm. uh just 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 dumb it's just Andrew. it's just dumb just dumb yeah straight it's, it's a dumb idea and that, plus there's like other dame rumors out there right now that are better you know yeah. like uh, i'm on hoop Hype right now i was looking up dame salary it says raptors kicking the tires on dame sure yeah whatever okay. like well, they have no direction sense. they have no direction yeah. give Why them not? a direction yeah, don't don't say the thunder. Just and this is going to be a thing. Whenever any star becomes available, you know who could be a dark horse in the in the race to trade for blah blah blah. 
yeah, the Thunder have lots of picks and they have cap space and they have all this and it and some will make sense. I mean, honestly, if Giannis said, "Hey, you know what? The one of my top three teams to go to is is the Oklahoma City Thunder, and I would resign there," uh, you better believe <laughs> they would figure that one out. Um, but not Dan. Did you hear? Did you hear Zach uh, Lowe talking about Giannis? Uh, at, I don't in know Toronto. Um, I don't know if I did. It was, it was very weird. He was ta- telling a story about how when Giannis was on Serge Ibaka's cooking show, yeah, Serge like asked him if he would ever play for Toronto, and Zach was like, and he said no, but the way he said no felt like there was uh, something more there. <laughs> like what? <laughs> he said no. <laughs> he answered the question. He said no. No. I mean, how did he say it? It's so weird. Why would it's why would you weird. even use that as like a touch point? I know exactly that. That was what was so strange to me. Like, why even bring that up? That's really. Funny. It's not interesting at all. That is really funny. I mean, at this point, like, if you want to talk about all these guys, you're kind of grasping at straws of like actual tangible things to say. So I guess you can go to Serge Ibaka's cooking show <laughs> to talk about it. I, I guess. Shout out to Serge. He's a he's a Bayern Munich player now. Oh, really? In Germany. Wow. Yeah, I saw I saw some video of him getting introduced. Nice. Oh, yeah. great job, Serge. Hope he does well. Uh, the other topic does actually come from the the Low Post podcast, where he and Kevin Pelton kind of break down some some of the most interesting players going into the season, and one of them was Josh Giddy. And Kevin Pelton yeah. brought up the idea of Josh Giddy coming off the bench for the Thunder. And being theoretically their sixth man with the thought that the ball would be better in his hands more than if he was a starter. Uh, you have thoughts on that? Um, okay, so on the one hand, you know, I, I do continue to want to see some lineups where Josh is the undisputed, you know, lead ball handler. Yeah. I, I do continue to want to see some of those just to see how it looks. The thing though was that last year when that happened, I I did not that wasn't where I thought Giddy was excelling. Yeah. Like I, agree. I, I thought he looked a lot better in kind of a secondary role. And so I get the idea of wanting to see more of Josh because you watch him this summer with Australia and you're like, oh, there's a lead ball handler right there. He kind of if he doesn't need his own team, he certainly needs his own uh, lineups to run. And I get that, but that just wasn't that idea of Josh Giddy has not played out on the court in the way that I thought it would in the mm-hmm. NBA yet. And I've liked him a lot more when he's playing with some of these other ball handlers. Yeah. So I don't know. Did, did Pelton give a reasoning or, or did he say who he would want him replaced with? Um, he he basically he didn't really give like a, a lineup of what the, that would look like. He just gave lineup data supporting that Shea is just better with just pure shooting around him. Is was yeah, kind of that, his and, argument, and that's probably true. Um, and I think that there's, you know, you're going to have to find shooting from somewhere. I mean, obviously we talk about this all the time. Yeah, I think the hope is that you find it from guys like J-Dub taking a lot more threes. You find it from Chet being 
a stretch player and you find it from Shea taking more threes, please, Lord, he's, he's, <laughs> he can be really good at it. And so I, I, I feel like a lot of that falls back onto Giddy and to Dort to some extent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't know. Like, I mean, Giddy, so I'm looking at PVP stats. Giddy and Shea on the court together was a minus 1.5. Giddy without Shea was a minus 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, SGA without Giddy was at plus 8.5. Yeah. Now, those are year-long stats. Um, almost all of them crossed 1,000 minutes. All those combinations crossed 1,000 minutes. I get it. Um, I, I just think it's so early in this process you know, part part of the deal with the Thunder right now is that they exceeded expectations by so much last year oh. that we're now trying to like make these big decisions as quickly as possible. When the reality is, we still probably have another year at least of tinkering, um, where they're still going to be trying out a lot of different things, including with the top guys. And so maybe it does turn out in the future that Josh Giddy is a six man on this team or or in the league in general. I just don't think that they're going to make that type of decision this year. Yeah, and the thing I don't like about using those stats is that like these guys, as young as they are, aren't static. You know, like they're going to change a lot. Like these are the years where guys change so much. I mean, it, think about it. If you took Russell Westbrook after year two, and we're just like, hey, the lineup data from year two of Russell Westbrook says this, it's like, uh, I don't know. I don't, Russ probably isn't the point guard. We need to probably go trade for a point guard and put Russ off ball, or maybe Russ is the six man. I mean, you could, you could go to all those places with him. We don't know what Josh Giddy is going to be. It's just too early to truly ask those questions. He hasn't even turned 21 yet. Hey, would you like me to give you those stats? Yeah. I actually have them. Yeah. Yeah. So Russ's second year, Russ plus KD on the court plus 2.6. KD without Russ plus 13.3. Russ without KD minus 7.8. That was so that was 2010 2011, which I think was his second season. Yeah. He was the 08 uh, draft, 08 09, 09, 09 10 was his second year. Wow. So that was his third season. Yeah. That those were the stats. Let me, yeah. let me, let me see if they were even worse the year before. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, this is not a this is not a crap on Russ. No, this is this is a it. this is a hey, these young guys can get a lot better. It doesn't. You're not guaranteed to get a lot better, but these guys that have already shown some kind of like, I mean, he's show, Josh Giddy's shown a lot of capabilities. Sixteen, eight, and six in your second year in the league, playing off ball. And not a primary role is like that's that's really impressive. So I just I just think we have to remember that the Josh Giddy that we saw last year, we just don't we don't know what he's going to look like this year. Eventually, by 2011, did, did, I'm trying to remember. Did something happen in 2011, 2012? They were both healthy. Yeah, yeah that was the year they went to the finals. So that year they just decided, okay, we're not going to have. Russ only lineups. He only played 75 minutes without Kevin Durant. And <laughs> I mean, he played 66 games that year. So he, he played like a lot of minutes. He played 2,257 of his minutes with KD. Wow. <laughs> so wow. they finally were just, and, and that took till year four for them to make that decision. 
where yeah. like, okay, these guys are best together. We're not going to go with these like Russell only lineups yeah. for right now. Yeah. Hmm. And and they were probably giving those, they were giving those lineups to Harden by that point. Yeah. Yeah. Harden. Yeah. Especially that, that 12 year. They were but like, yeah, eventually like, you get into the realm when they like would never stagger them ever, mm-hmm. ever, ever. Yeah, no, yeah, never, ever. Yeah, <laughs> staggering was we would have entire podcasts just about staggering. I know. Uh, Meanwhile, there were the, the stats right there. That's why they weren't doing it. Yep, that's why they weren't doing it. Yeah. Anyways, I just one. It's just too early to have the conversation about where Josh fits best it, because it's all projection. And some of the projection is based on the fact that they that people think he can't shoot, which is also is it the most likely outcome is that he's somebody that teams don't close out hard to? Yes, it's the most likely outcome. Is it set in stone? No, we just don't know. He could become a really good shooter, and if he's that, then you absolutely would not want to separate him from the best players on the team. Yeah. And even if not, he learned he learned how to play with with SGA last year in a way that was really impressive. And it took some time, but he he did it. And by the end of the season, you you know you weren't sitting there thinking, man, they just need to take Giddy out of there. I just don't remember having those thoughts. And and sometimes even with Russ, those first couple years. I remember sitting watching those games like, man, they got to get Russ out of there. Like they need to get Eric Maynard in there to just settle things down. I <laughs> I haven't had those thoughts about Giddy. I, I don't sit and watch Thunder games and just think, man, they got to get Giddy out of there. And some of it may be the fact that the, this Thunder team wasn't that deep last year and there wasn't a well of players to go to that you felt yeah. better about. And that may change. Like maybe Casey yeah, Wallace I mean, is really good. Maybe like, we just don't know. So this year could look and feel differently. But I'm just saying that to this point, I've never thought, man, Giddy and Shade just doesn't work. They need to move these guys around. This, you know, that's just not been within the thought process, especially down the stretch of the season. Well, if you think about some of those uh, bench lineups, you know that last year I didn't love when it was just Giddy and like no J Dub, no Shea. Yeah. Now. You potentially could have like Casey Wallace on the floor. You could have Mitchich on the floor. Yeah, like there are more ball handlers available, and maybe those lineups off the bench will all of a sudden look better. So I still want to see those lineups, um, but like game one, night one, like Giddy is starting. Giddy's yeah. probably going to start the entire season. Yeah, he's you, you can to... you can learn about that kind of stuff without saying without like making him the sixth man. Yeah, you know, like, it's a they it's play a... so many different lineups. Yes, it's a big jump to take. And Giddy is obviously one of the best four players on this team. Where he is in that pecking order by the end of the season, I don't know. But he's clearly one of the best four players on the team. And you want to start your best players. So, I just don't... I I, I think it's an interesting conversation. But I just don't think it's time to have it yet. And especially with the summer that he had, he looked really good for Team Australia and looks like he could take another step forward. And I, I'm i a big Giddy believer. I also think that Josh Giddy is the player that gets the Thunder into the style of play that they, that they want to play better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. So, also he shot 34% on catch-and-shoot threes, which is not, like, great, but it's certainly... 
better than I would have expected. I would have probably expected around 30% because he was really bad. I think he was 24% his first season on catch-and-shoot threes where it just felt like, oh, boy. I don't know where this is headed. And that's and that's yeah. just why you just can't jump to conclusions or make sweeping um, statements about Giddy or the Thunder because we frankly just have so many unanswered questions. It, it's I'm glad you brought up the rest thing because it is similar to the rest thing in some ways when people were calling for Eric Maynard back in the day. Yeah. Where it's like we all knew that even at the time you knew that Eric Maynard didn't have as high of a ceiling as Russ, but you're a prisoner of the moment and you're like, I know this lineup would be better if Eric Maynard just played just because he plays like a more calm style. Yeah. And like that's all this team needs right now. And that was probably true in the moment. Yeah. But by sacrificing that de- those developmental minutes for Russ, like what are you losing? You're losing the potential to develop a MVP caliber player, true, a, a Hall of Fame player. <laughs> yeah, who's playing with like your main guy? Which like if if it was ever going to work, it was going to work because those two guys could play together. Yeah, and so trying to manipulate the lineup data, and it's it's true. Like yes, if you if you replace Giddy with Isaiah Joe, I bet those lineups would be better. Yeah. like overall this season. But what are you sacrificing by doing that? And how important is it really? Like, we're not expecting to win a championship this year. Like, it is way more important for us to find out if Giddy and Shea are going to work together long term in a really good way than it is for us to construct these absolute perfect five-man lineups right now, which they can do, and we know they work in the same way that we knew they work when Mike Muscala was here. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know that 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 is where you get into this debate probably among fans who want to optimize everything right now when the average age of the player is like 23.8, which I just looked up on hispaniosmba.com versus shout out hispaniosmba, which is only place is on the only place you can, can find, find age it. data. It really is. And it's just, it is weird. It's I go str- to it. Every how, can, how can that be the only site that does that? Okay. Continue. Sorry. Know. And they also do like average height and weight. Which I, I don't yeah. know why I would use those, but it's kind of fun. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 trying to balance, or or it's this like push and pull between the fan base, between those who want to optimize the team right now to try to win as many games as possible right now, versus we are still very early in the developmental process. Not just with Giddy, but obviously with guys like Chet and with J Dub. I mean, J Dub's going into his second season. Yeah. Chet is a rookie, and there's still so many things that they need to figure out. And kind of skewing all that just to optimize whatever five-man lineup you can right now, it makes sense in a vacuum, like in the moment, if you're trying to get the highest net rating for a five-man lineup. But I think long-term, it makes way more sense to try to figure out with the players that you know have the highest ceiling on the team. Yeah. Yeah. I think for this Thunder team, I think numbers like that are more descriptive than prescriptive. You know, like it's not... Like, hey, here's what the, it's, it's basically, hey, this is what this lineup does. Okay. You know, we'll keep trying other stuff. It's not like, hey, this is what this data says. You need to do this now. I don't think that's the way it's going to go. I think later that will be the case, but they're just too young. And this, this team is just changing too much and is going to look a lot different this year than it did last year, even though the personnel is not all that different. It's going to look different just because these guys are growing and changing 
and becoming better players, or in some cases, becoming players that you know we we maybe overimagined what they could be, and they don't hit that like Trey Mann did last year. You know, yeah. that's those kind of things are going to happen both ways, and there's just too many unanswered questions. That's just what I keep telling people that ask about like, oh, could they trade for this or do that? There's just too many unanswered questions with the roster itself to say that they need this or they need that. They don't know what they need yet. If, if Jang comes out and can play this year, well, that answers a lot of questions for them. You know, if he can't and he looks like he's regressed, then you have more questions. So, I don't know. I think that's that's kind of just where the Thunder are at. Okay, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to do Eastern Conference over-unders. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it's time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer, and it was, man, very, very easy process. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash dunk. That's linkedin.com slash dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom 
Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And we're back after that quick break. Al, let's do some over-unders before the NBA season. Let's talk about the Eastern Conference. Yeah, for all you uh, longtime listeners, whenever we get to over-unders, that means we have run out of ideas. (laughs) And that is where we are. But hey, we made it all the way to September 20th. That's pretty good. That that is pretty good. Because next week we're doing bold predictions. So um, yeah, that's where, that's where we're at in the uh, the life cycle of this podcast. And if you know, when you start hearing bold predictions from uh, from down to dunk, you know that the season is here. Um, so we're gonna do the Eastern Conference, and I know in the past we've only gotten through like five teams in a in an episode. We're gonna try to do all of them because some of these we've already talked about on a previous episode, where uh, you and I have already made our opinions known. So I'm gonna go alphabetically. Starting with the Atlanta Hawks, who last year were a 500 team. They're over under this year, 41 and a half. So you basically just are picking them to win one more game than they won last year. They were the ninth ranked defense, jumped to the fourth ranked defense post all-star break, which is somewhat related to uh, their new coach, Quinn Snyder, who came in uh, during last season. Key additions, Wes Matthews, Kobe Bufkin, Patty Mills. Key subtractions, and for this, I'm really just doing guys who played minutes or a past Thunder guy. <laughs> uh, John Collins, the Holiday Brothers, and V. Krejci, no longer with the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, the record with Quinn Snyder, do you know what it was? They played 22 games. I don't know. 11 and 11. Exactly. Also 500. 11. <laughs> 11 and 11. Uh, I did think it was interesting. You know, B-Ball Index on, on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, you know, they come up with all these, like, unique metrics they said that the spacing around trey young last year was the worst it's been in his career thus far the they have a they have a uh, a little stat called off ball teammate gravity and last year it was an f which i don't think of the hawks as like a terrible spacing team in my head yeah and even when i go through some of the players you're like well i mean bogdanovich like he's good obviously john yeah. collins traditionally was good he was terrible last year yeah uh but yeah that they they had him ranked as his worst spacing season for interesting him, which is interesting uh so one thing i thought it'd be fun to do andrew for each of these teams is to choose a uh, a thunder guy so this is not the best player on the team necessarily it could be but is there a player on the hawks who you would want right now Put him on the Thunder right now, and you think that he would fit in with the team, they would find a role for him, and he could excel. Yeah. I mean, you could go Buffkin. I'm, obviously, I'm a Buffkin boy. Mm, still a Buffkin boy. Uh, however, I think I would take Bogdanovich. Bog, yeah, I, re- I really like Bogdanovich. Bogdan, Bogdanovich. Yeah, he, I mean, because he's, he's not just a shooter. No, he, he would be, Mark would use him really well. And, and I've, I actually brought this up on an, I did some a podcast recently where I brought him up. The only reason why I wouldn't 
consider him as like a trade target is like he he does basically all the things that Vasily Mitrich does, you know, and we just don't know what that looks like. I think a like really good outcome for Mitrich is if his game looks a lot like Bogdanovich's game in the NBA. Um, so yeah, but yeah, he's the most thundery guy on on the Hawks for sure. Yeah, I mean he's averaged basically three assists per game every single season for his career. Yeah. Which is really nice from a, a shooting guard. Yeah. And he's six six. That's about what Mitchich is. He's two twenty. What's Mitchich? What is Mitch's way? I don't know. Could don't, they be the same? I don't know his weight. I'd be surprised if he he's, weighed two twenty. He's two hundred. Yeah, I was gonna say he's I've stood next to him in Vegas and he did not He's skinny. He's he did not seem uh svelte. Hmm. So uh, okay, do you go over under on the Hawks? 41 and a half wins. Um, last, the last three seasons, 41, 43, 41. So they've <laughs> been hovering around this over under. They beat it once. They got a half game below it the two other times. I, uh, this is tough. It's also the, the 11 and 11. It's like, put you just right there. I'm going to go slightly over for the Hawks. I, I think just all the Trey Young prior to last season, I think he'd been he'd been getting a lot of praise, and now he's thought of as like this some second tier guy or third tier guy, or like somebody that shouldn't even be considered for Team USA, you know, kind of stuff, which may be true, but also Trey Young is a really really good player, <laughs> and I just I think that he's going to have a better season than he did last year, and I think the Hawks will be better. So I'll go slightly over at maybe like 43 wins or something like that, which is not like a ton of wins. That's not some great team, but I think that they could get there. Yeah, I'm going to go over as well. I just think that you have a floor with Trey Young, and I like Quinn Snyder. I the, the thing that scares me is that, you know, as they start shedding some of these vets, you know, they they got rid of John Collins. They got rid of the, the Holiday Brothers. You, there's You're putting more and more pressure on their youth, whether that's Sadiq Bey or Jalen Johnson coming in and making contribution. Uh, A.J. Griffin, you need him to be even better than he was last year. Onyeka Kongwu, we still don't know what they're going to what their plan for him is this season. This team starts getting pretty young going forward. And is that a cause of them taking a step back in a way that they haven't the last three years? Maybe. But I'm still going over. Now, I did want to ask you, Andrew, a little crystal ball question. By the end of the season, which of these young players will be thought of as the best prospect? Onyeka Kongwu, Jalen Johnson, A.J. Griffin, Kobe Bufkin. By the end of this season. I think A.J. Griffin has a good shot to be that guy. A.J. Griffin. Yeah. As long as he stays healthy. He shot the ball really well as a catch and shoot guy. I could see him becoming like one of the guys for this team, or like the wing for this team. So I'll say I'll say him. Also, they I mean they need to trade Capella for it to be a Kongwu. Um, yeah, th- there's there's a lot at play here. I don't love the construction of this roster. I think they have a bunch of meh young guys, but. I don't know. Maybe they, Buff. They have a could. lot of young guys that they haven't been able to fully explore because they've been like pushing, you yeah, know, the roster forward by like bringing in guys like Bogdanovich, who I think was you know a good pickup, 
but also like the year they were bringing in like Danilo Gallinari and right. They they made a lot of decisions that kind of pushed their young guys to the back burner for a while. Yeah. And this feels like the season where they're really going to start needing significant contributions from at least a couple of those guys. Yeah. I would say Buffkin, but I just don't see how he gets the possessions on this team with Trey. Yeah, with Trey and DeJounte. And Bogdanovich all being ball handling guards. Uh, I don't know. There's there's some imbalance on the roster in that they have some like decent bigs and some good guards, but like who are the wings necessarily on this team? Like DeAndre Hunter, who's, yeah, I don't know. I guess Sadiq Bay is considered a wing. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of a weird roster. Uh, next, I've already given my opinion on this team, the Boston Celtics. They won 57 games last year. Their over-under is 54 and a half. Key Ooh. additions, Chris Porzingis, O'Shea Brissett, and Jordan Walsh. Key subtractions, Marcus Smart and Grant Williams. Um, do you know you, – I don't know why I'm asking you this. You're, there's no way you would know. What is the Celtics' record, Andrew, without Marcus Smart? Since he came into the league, oh wow! How many? What, what percentage of their games do you think they won? I don't know. 63 percent. I don't know. They went seventy-six and sixty-one, which is good for fifty-five point five percent or a forty-five win pace. Hmm. That's what they did without Marcus Smart. Now, there's obviously a lot of noise there, but I thought that was interesting. Um, I'm taking the under, as I've mentioned. I just think that there's too much variability with this team uh, especially with Porzingis having the plantar fasciitis you now have the reports of Malcolm Brogdon not being happy with the team so who knows how that's going to play out in addition winning uh, 55 games which is what they would have to do is winning 67% of your games Yeah. in the last 8 seasons the Celtics have done that twice they won 55 games once and then last year they won 57 games. So even during this amazing stretch for the Celtics where they've been going to you know multiple Eastern Conference Finals, it's kind of rare for them to have a 55-win season. Yeah. So I'm going under for that reason. I don't know how I would have – I mean, it's tough because you kind of understand why they wanted to make these sort of moves, like getting rid of Marcus Smart and Grant Williams. There was an element to staleness to this team over, the, over this last season. Um, so I don't know if I would have felt that much differently if they had just kept those guys. Maybe I still go under. But as good as Porzingis was last year, it like finding out that he has that long-term injury, which apparently it's all going to be fine by the time he gets to training camp, but like already starting off on that note with the plantar fasciitis is, is giving me the heebie-jeebies, Andrew. I'm already worried. Yeah, I don't like it. I I also just wonder... How many guys on the Celtics team would make ev- would make every NBA roster? Uh, I mean, Porzingis healthy would. Tatum so, Brown, I th- obviously. I think it's Horford, Brogdon, Derek White, Porzingis, Jalen Brown, Robert Williams, and Jason Tatum. So I think that's is that seven? And and Svi Luke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They have Horford a lot of guys. They have a lot of guys that just wouldn't. Like we don't know what Jordan Walsh is going to be as a rookie. It's whatever. JD Davidson, Jay Scrubber, they're two ways, and so is Demise Cada. But they signed Delano Banton. Peyton Pritchard, I don't think would make every roster. Sam Hauser wouldn't make every roster. Taylor Funk wouldn't make every roster. Svee wouldn't. Luke Cornett wouldn't. They just have a lot of guys that are just 
fringe NBA players on their roster too. Where if and they're somebody like needs, was just going to say going to need some of those guys. Well, because, they're going to play some of them because that's seven guys, and somebody's going to be hurt, and they're going to have to play Luke Cornett in spots. I don't know. They're they're pretty shallow with NBA level talent with like high level NBA talent. Um, so I'm, I'm taking under two just because of the injury risk here. Like Bro- if Brogdon and Porzingis both miss significant time one and, and Robert Williams those three, if they miss significant time, no one would be surprised. And the replacement guys on that team, if you took three out of there, then you have four guys that are for sure NBA level talents. And, and Peyton Pritchard is already probably going to have to play minutes because Marcus Smart is gone. Yeah. But like Malcolm Brogdon, he played 67 games last year. That's the most games he has played since his rookie season. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he played 75. And he's mad, apparently. And he's mad. <laughs> he's starting off mad. And there's talking about how he could like uh, delay his surgery or not get surgery on whatever's wrong with him right now. Be, like as a kind of like fu to the team. Yeah, it's a it's a total shack move. It's a he's only gonna, he's going to rehab on company time kind of thing. Yeah, so that all that scares me, which is why I'm going under just because it's a super high over under. Like I said, that's really high. Games. Yeah, I on the on a positive note, I think Jason Tatum could be the best player in the NBA in the next couple of years. Well, and, I was going to ask you my crystal ball question: How many players will finish ahead of Tatum for the MVP? I think that it could be only like two or three, and because right now he's fourth best odds, yeah, behind Jokic, Giannis, and Luca. Yeah, although he did just get this really weird tattoo that includes uh, the character Dash from uh, Dash? The Incredibles. Oh, really? Yeah, which makes me actually downgrade this. I'm going way under. Oh, the little boy. Yeah. Hmm. It's a questionable. It's a questionable decision. So actually, I'm going like 15 players that'll be ahead of what, him for the MVP. And what? Okay, if you could get, if, if you were forced to get a character from a Pixar movie oh. tattooed on you, who? Or let's just say an NBA player had to do this. Which would make you feel best about them? Obviously, Dash doesn't make you feel good. No, it's weird. Are there any, it's a weird pick. What about Wally? Wally might be the only one where it's. Where you know it's more like symbolic, you know, yeah. like I don't like the way the the direction of our world or whatever technology <laughs> yeah, it's is. It's like a political statement. Technology like is evil, you know. Yeah, like Wally yeah, is I probably like the only acceptable one because it's like, yeah, sure. Yeah. What if it's full back Wally? <laughs> full back Wally is actually awesome. <laughs> Necked butt Wally. <laughs> Necked butt Wally front and back. That's what you. That's the only instruction you give to the tattoo artist. <laughs> I want neck to butt Wally. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's that would be the only one. I'm trying to think of any other, like any sort of like Toy Story would just feel that would be weird, kind of That'd icky, creepy. Yeah, uh, I mean Ratatouille, you could do Remy. Uh, uh, I, I don't know if people around you would want, like, if, if you had a significant other, they would want you to have a rat tattooed on you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Maybe you had a bald head and you have it tattooed on top of your head. Oh, that's where he's cool. like controlling you. <laughs> I'm, I might actually do that. Controlling your basketball game. Um, I don't know. I like Ratatouille is a great movie, by the way. But yeah, I don't. I don't think there's anybody outside of Wally that I would accept and would say that it makes you a, a more 
uh, complete MVP candidate. But I do think choosing Dash makes you... I, I think the Celtics will never win a title with Jason Tatum as their best player because of that. So, so he needs to get that tattoo removed. Get the tattoo removed. You're you're back on the championship train. Oh, I might get the little ant from A Bug's Life. I always, I always liked him. No, no. No? No, absolutely not. Hmm. Yeah, there's like, there's very few like, I don't know. We can, we got to move on, I think. Uh, maybe the house from up. Okay, number three, <laughs> Brooklyn. Last year, they won 45 games. Over under is 37 and a half. Uh, post all-star break, when it was just their new guys, they were the 24th ranked offense, 13th ranked defense. They've added... Dennis Smith Jr., Noah Clowney, Lonnie Walker the fourth, and Derek Whitehead. They've lost Seth Curry, Utah Watanabe, Joe Harris, Patty Mills. They lost four like rotation NBA guys. rotation players. Yeah, yeah. Uh, their record with Mikael Bridges last year: twenty-seven games. They were twelve and fifteen, which is a thirty-six win pace. So you can kind of understand where the over/under came from. Uh, oh, first of all, Thunder guy for the for the Celtics, Andrew. Who's the Thunder guy? Who's the guy we want? Oh, interesting. Um, um, maybe Derek White. He, yeah, definitely Derek White. I'm, I've been a Derek. I wish Derek White was drafted by the Thunder in 2017. That was that was Mikel and yeah. guy. So yeah, definitely Derek White. And obviously Jason Tatum would fit as well. We, we'd find a place. If for he'd Jason remove Tatum. the tattoo, then we would accept him. <laughs> yes. Um. Okay. Brooklyn Thunder guy. I mean, Mikel is an easy. This is this is one instance where I do think like the best player on the team is a pretty seamless fit. Um, I think Mikel could come right in and play for the oh. Thunder and and be great easily. Yeah. Is there I, anyone else though on this team? They have Darius Baisley. They do. Cam Johnson. We've been down that road before. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Dorian Finney-Smith. Dorian Finney-Smith. Yeah. He's not really yeah, a work. Thunder guy, but he could play anywhere, kind of thing. Um, okay, Brooklyn, I the, the only thing that scares me about going under on Brooklyn, which I am going to go under on Brooklyn, is that they do have all the pieces to make a trade. Yeah, they, they absolutely have all the pieces. Oh, you know who Royce, have, on, Royce O'Neal is more of a Thunder guy than DFS, for sure. Royce O'Neal, yes, okay. Um, the, they have all those picks. They have all the Suns picks, which are very juicy picks, juicier than anything like Miami can give. Yeah. And I, there is a part of me that wonders how quickly they eventually get into the Dame conversations. Yeah. I, I was looking at the early season schedule, and it's not easy. And I'm just wondering if they falter a little bit. Are they going to be okay with that, or are they going to get panicky and want to make a big move, which they have the pieces to do. Mm-hmm. That, all that said, I am going to go under on the Brooklyn Nets. I just don't think this was a very good team. They were boosted by all the time that KD and Kyrie spent there in terms of their overall record. It was deceiving. They were not that great. They were a below 500 team with those new guys, and they lost four rotation players. Mm-hmm. I like that they picked up Dennis Smith Jr. I don't know why Charlotte let him go. Yeah, but Lonnie Walker. The rest of like fine, but the yeah. rest of their lineup is just very uh, uninspiring for me. And that's before even getting to like Ben Simmons. I'm kind of discounting him completely right now. Uh, what percentage maybe- of you believes in Ben Simmons as a? Uh- as a guy that's playing big minutes for this team. <sighs> big minutes? I mean, he could play big minutes and they could be terrible. Uh, so I that I could still see him coming back and playing minutes. Him being like 
decent again. Like maybe not Philly Ben Simmons, but just like a solid player. I'm like at nine percent confidence. Yeah, he has eight nicknames on Basketball Reference. Can you name any of them? <laughs> uh, doesn't he also have the Wizard of Oz? Wizard nickname? of Oz, yeah, of Oz, yeah. yeah. That's why. uh Ben. He has a really dumb one. He's got lots uh, of really dumb ones. Yeah, you'll have to tell me them. Simo the <laughs> Savage. Yeah, some of the savage, terrible. Young social. I mean, I mean, for like a a guy who presents himself as super confident, Simo the Savage would probably be a, a perfectly good na- nickname. Paired with this Ben Simmons, yeah, he just doesn't fit. Yeah, young guy with back Simo. problems that's afraid of taking free throws. Not really. Simo the Savage. Hmm, I don't know. Young socialite. Yeah, that's the one I remembered. <laughs> so bad. So Fr- lame. Fresh Prince. Not cool at all. Young socialite. Uh, uh, Fresh Prince, okay. This is a weird one. Peacemaker? Peacemaker? That seems uh, contradictory. Yeah, I know. On, uh, how his career is going. I know, maybe maybe it's ironic. Um, Benny? Okay, that's the so- most solid one so far. That's the one that fits him the best right now. <laughs> I would be perfectly fine calling him Benny. The Yank. The Yank, that's stupid. Uh, and, big, and Big Ben. What, what what's the significance of the yank? I don't know. That that must be, have been added after he went to Brooklyn. Maybe. Because why would you call him the yank? Why would you call him the yank if he plays for Brooklyn for like a year? Well, I, I was thinking like the Yankees, but I I don't know. I know that's the only reason. Yeah, those I, are some bad ones. I don't get that Simo one. the Savage. Watch out! Watch out for the uh, okay peacemaker coming in. Peacemaker. That's very threatening. <laughs> nickname. Watch out for the peacemaker. Uh, I'm going under on Brooklyn. What are you doing? What's their number again? 37 and a half. They have to win 38 games, which isn't that much. It'd it's not be that 38 much. and 42. Oh, uh, I will say over. I think they have enough NBA guys and enough defense where I think that they can figure it out. I don't know that I believe in the coaching all that much, but I think if they keep this team together i think they can get over 38 wins and especially since they have the the trade in their back pocket that they could make i'll go ahead and say over uh next charlotte last year they won 27 games even though they were garbage it's kind of impressive uh over under this year 30 and a half post all-star break worst offense in the league seventh ranked defense however they no longer have dennis smith jr or Kelly Oubre Jr. But they have replaced him with another junior, Nick Smith Jr., Frank Nilakina, Miles Bridges, who is coming back. I guess that's a it is a key addition. He wasn't there last year. That's true. And Brandon Miller. Um I would love to go under on this team just because I don't want to think about them yeah. at all this yeah. entire season. Honestly, I like LaMelo. Mm-hmm. I think PJ Washington's a solid player. Mm-hmm. I really don't care about the rest of their roster. I have very little interest in anyone else on the roster, including Brandon Miller, who I just wasn't a huge fan of in the draft process. Yeah. He could struggle <sighs> defensively from the get-go because he's really skinny. If if they had any other coach than Steve Clifford, I think this would be an easy under for me. Yeah. But knowing Steve Clifford, he's going to play all their vets. Yeah, he's going to play Frank Nilakina. He, he, you know, someone like Nick Smith Jr. I mean, who knows if he even gets minutes? 
He might quietly so, murder Kai Jones. Quietly. <laughs> yeah, Kai Jones still on this team. Uh, James Booknight still on this team. So I'm actually going to go a slight over, even though it absolutely wow. feels disgusting. They yeah. should be one of the worst teams. Yeah. But uh, I think a lot of these young guys just aren't going to play because they're not good. Uh, I'm going under. Okay. They have a guy named Angelo Allegri, who I've never heard of. Yeah, I, they have a they have a couple guys I've never really heard of. Leaky Black, who I think we. Yeah, we talked about Leaky Black. Yeah, that's a Harry Potter character. That's not a basketball player. Andrew, I tell you that one of Nick Smith Jr., Amari Bailey, JT Thor, Kai Jones, Bryce McGowan's, or James Booknight, I just named six young players, one of those guys has a great season and becomes thought of as one of Charlotte's best young prospects. Who do you think it was? I'm kind of a McGowan's guy. Oh, really? Yeah. I, he's a he's a six seven wing that I think can he's he's got a little bit of juice off off the bounce. I, I also met his aunt at summer league. Oh, are you being influenced? Are do you have aunt bias? I got a little bit of aunt bias because she was so we were doing we were on the concourse of the arena doing um, trivia, and she agreed to do it. And she was wearing a Bryce McGowan's Charlotte jersey. And I just just was exasperated with this lady. Just like, why are you wearing a Bryce McGowan's jersey? Like, please tell me the story. Like, what's going on here? And she was like, well, that's my nephew. And I was like, well, that's the best explanation ever for wearing a Bryce McGowan's jersey. Because, in parentheses, he's not very good. Because why would anybody buy a Bryce McGowan's jersey? Um, But, yeah, I actually do kind of like him. The other guy is... I mean, James Booknight, I'm totally out on. Kai Jones, totally out on. JT Thor, out, gone, out. Um, Amari Bailey is a whatever two-way player. Who's the other guy you said? Nick Smith Jr. I think Nick Smith Jr. is the worst player selected in the first round. Uh, James Booknight, the NBA saw, tweeted him a happy birthday message. Do you think that's the last happy birthday message he gets from the NBA.com account? Probably. I just don't... I think Mm. when you pair attitude and all the bad things you hear about him plus the fact that he has just been an atrocious NBA player I don't think anybody does I mean I just surprised he's made it this far I mean congratulations that you haven't been cut to this point James Booknight congratulations for being drafted by Charlotte probably the best thing for his career because if he was going to be this bad he might have not lasted this long on a lot of other teams yeah yeah, I mean, and also shout out to Sam Presti for not drafting him whenever all of NBA Twitter, all of Thunder Twitter wanted was, us to, or told what, us to, told wanted, us we were going to. Wanted James Book Night. Yeah, great job. Uh, okay, um, Chicago. Last year they won 40 games. This year they're over under 37 and a half. Uh, overall for the season, they had the fifth ranked defense. And post All-Star break, they had the third ranked defense. To bolster that defense, they've added Javon Carter. They lost Patrick Beverly, but that's about it. Um, oh, gosh. We, we didn't choose a, a, a Thunder guy from the Hornets. Nope. Um, I mean, if Gordon Hayward, Hayward was healthy, he's a Thunder guy. Yeah, and he played he played 50 games last year or so. Yeah. I mean, he's, and and he's, he's to the point in his career where he could come off the bench and not it wouldn't be a huge deal. Yep. He's expiring. 23, 24, 31.5 okay. million. Wow. You're trying to cook up a, a Bertons deal? I'm trying to cook up a Bertons deal. So you can get Leaky Black on the Thunder? Can we? 
if you throw in Leaky Black, we'll do it. And a cauldron. Uh, so we will get... So we'll take Gordon Hayward there. Chicago. So they really haven't made... I, meant, I mentioned that they added John Carter as like a Patrick Beverly replacement, I guess. Sure. Um, and to bolster their defense, which their defense continues to be really good. Uh. This is a tough one for me personally because you're very tempted to go under, but they basically had the exact same team that won 40 games last year. One thing I will say is that all of Vooch, Patrick Williams, Io, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Kobe White, okay, so that's basically their top six guys other than Lonzo, all of those guys missed fewer than 10 games last season. They were incredibly healthy. Even wow. someone like Alex Caruso, who did have some injury issues, he still played 67 games. So that season, which was not great for the Bulls, they only won 40 games. They actually got really good health that entire year from their players, which kind of scares me. Yeah, that scares me too. Uh, um, you want to play a quick Chicago Bulls-themed game? Yeah. Which one of these names am I making up? Henry Drell, Maxwell Hedegger, Quinton Jackson, or Anurlap Bittim? Um, I'll say I know that the second name you said is a real person because I remember seeing his name. So it's first or third for me. I will go with the third name. I'll say Quinton Jackson. They're actually... All real. None of them are made up. They're all real people. (laughs) They're all real people that are on this team that I have, frankly, never heard of. And it's my job to know who NBA players are. So (laughs) there we go. Yeah, Maxwell Heidegger. I've never heard of that guy in my life. He's a rookie. And he was born in 1997, which means he is 26 years old, I believe. (laughs) Yes, he is 26 years old. He's a 26-year-old. He's a 26-year-old 6'3", 180-pound rookie. What? <laughs> what is going What? <laughs> he went to UC Santa Barbara. Um, yeah, there, there's some there's some names for, for you. Everybody else I think I've heard of that's on this roster. But Hen- Henry Drell. <laughs> Henry How old is he? Drell. He's, he's already rookie. 23. He's from Estonia. Yeah. He's at least he's six nine, one hundred eighty seven pounds. So he's six inches taller than uh, Maxwell, but he uh, only weighs seven pounds. Seven more. pounds more. Yeah, some interesting uh, guys. Drell. <laughs> yeah, I have, I was going to say over, but I have to take under on someone, so I, I'm going to go under on the Bulls. What's tell me their number again? Thirty seven and a half. Oh, again, not man. that much. Yeah, so there's a story coming out in the athletic about, um, uh, oh my gosh, why is why can't I think of his name right now? Um, uh, Henry Drell about <laughs> about Maxwell Hedegger? Um No, about Demar Derozan. Sorry, um, about him shooting more threes this year. Really? Mm-hmm. About him wanting to evolve his game as he gets older. Good Lord. And, yeah, please. And one thing that he can do is shoot threes, kind of. And I don't think he mentioned this, but it reminds me a little bit of like Vince Carter as he evolved his game as he got older. And so if he actually does that, if DeRozan actually just starts shooting more threes, I would be 
actually pretty excited about this team because if, if he shoots and makes threes, <clears throat> I think it changes a lot for this team. Um, so, yeah, he's, in year, he's going into year 15. That's I pretty, know. That's I mean, good for him to finally decide that. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty wild. I will also take super cool. If you I will, go. yeah, I will also take the under. I think a top five defense was a was a bit fluky for this group, and I know a lot of it is like Billy Donovan's a really really good defensive coach, but I also just hate this roster. <laughs> I just don't think this roster is any good. And yeah, d- d- there's so many teams in the East that I have so little interest in following them this year. Yeah, uh, this, this we just did two in a row with Charlotte and Chicago. Just yeah. like no interest. Yeah, this is this is who the Thunder play on night one. Great. So I'm not tuning in. The only thing the only thing that's exciting is like, <laughs> hey, we could beat Billy Donovan's uh beat Billy Donovan's team. So Yeah, I'm, that'd be that'd be so fun. It'd be so I cool. just think about Billy Donovan all summer. Gotta get our revenge. Hey, yeah. if I told you Patrick Williams over under was 13 and a half points per game. What would you take? He is such a weird player because he shot the ball really well last year, but he only scored 10 points a game. Yeah. Um, it it needs to be over, but I'll say under. Okay. Uh, and who's our Thunder guy from the Bulls? Oh, boy. Should it be Alex Caruso? A little throwback? Oh, get him back, yeah. Um, it's pro- It actually probably is him or a, a healthy Lonzo Ball. Oh, healthy Lonzo would be incredible. Yeah, healthy Lonzo is the answer, but that's also not a real thing. That's an oxymoron. So I'll take I, I don't know Caruso. I don't know if I mentioned it, uh, but somebody pointed out to me on Twitter like a month ago that Alex Caruso should have been on Guys Who Got Away episode. He absolutely should. Because uh, yeah. he actually did sign a contract with the Thunder yeah. uh, as part of playing for the Blue. So he he definitely, he would probably have been high on that list. Yeah, definitely. He he should have played for the Thunder. Yeah, for sure. They could have yeah. used him <laughs> big time. Instead, he went to the Lakers. All right, next is Cleveland. Last year, they won 51 games. You just have to pick them to do the same this year. Over-under is 15 and a half. Post-All-Star break, actually overall for the season, seventh-ranked offense, first-ranked defense. Post-All-Star yeah. break, they were 13th and 4th in those. Uh, key additions, they had some pretty significant ones. Max Struess, George Nyang, Ty Jerome, our guy, Amani Bates, and Tristan Thompson is back in the league. Tristan Thompson. Key Shout subtractions, uh, Chetty Osman. Here's a fun crystal ball question, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Rank these three players in points per game for the upcoming season. Evan Mobley, last year scored 16.2. Scotty Barnes, last year scored 15.3. Josh Giddy, last year scored 16.6. Mm. How, would you, how would you rank those guys for the upcoming season, just in points per game? Yeah, that's a great question. I think Scotty, number one, just because he's going to have more opportunity than everybody else. Mm. And then I'll go Giddy Mobley. Okay. Uh. So, I'm going to save my real take for the bold predictions. But I'm, the more I've looked into this, I'm very high on Cleveland. This yeah. Year. So I'm I'm taking their over. Yeah. Last year, their seven through ten was Chetty Osman, Lamar Stevens, who is currently out of the league. Yep. Dean Wade and Kevin Love. They've replaced a couple of those guys with Max Struess and George Niang, who are 
NBA rotation players. And great shooters. And great shooters, which is something you need when you're going to be playing Evan Mobley and Jarrett Allen together a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm feeling much better about them than I would have. I guess Struess is not a, a great shooter. Is probably a stretch for Struess, but he can. He, he had a down year last year. I think he yeah. shot like thirty five percent. Yeah. Um, but in general, he is he is a shooter. Yeah. So I am taking the over. I'll stop there. I'll say no more. But I am taking the over with the Cavaliers. Yeah, it's an easy over. I mean, they were they were really good last year. They essentially just brought in players that are better fitting for them, and they should just get better. And a year, you know, Evan Mobley is a year older. That helps quite a bit. Darius Garland, who is still, what is he, 23, 24? I mean, we forget how young he is just because we feel like we've heard his name a lot. But he's going to get better, too. And I don't see any reason why they shouldn't. They, I mean, they, they could be the one seed in the East very easily. You talking about DG the PG? I'm talking about <laughs> DG the PG. Yeah, I think I, I think they could definitely be the number one seed. When you think about all the turmoil all the other teams in the East are going through with Philadelphia, you have all the turnover and injury risks in Boston. The Miami Heat are never a great regular season team anyways. I mean, who else is it at this point that we think is going to be the number one seed? I would pick Cleveland, and I wouldn't don't hesitate with that at all. And well, I have to uh, I have to adjust one of my bold predictions now since uh, you just said it, and oh, it really? sounds like it's not very bold to you. So no, uh, I, I think one. it's no. I mean, you're talking about no, one of the best, no, one of the best defenses in the league, and whatever, one of the best rosters in the league too. They're they're very under the radar, I would say. Um. Okay, this will probably be our last one. Maybe we'll do the other half of these with uh, our plan for next week's show. We can also do bold predictions. Okay. Probably have time to do that. Uh, Detroit, we've already talked about them. Last year they won 17 games. Their over-under is 28 and a half. We have a Thunder they guy on, on the on the Cavs? Oh, Thunder guy on the Cavs. I mean, Evan Mobley is... Uh, <laughs> I think he counts. That would be pretty sweet. Yeah, That would be pretty cool. Also, Imani Bates um, is on, on this team too, which is weird. Excuse me? Weird and fun. Imani Bates. Really? Yeah. Uh, we could bring back Ricky Rubio. Yeah, bring him back. Bring him back. Bring back Ty uh, I Jerome. Know, I know Ty Jerome fits, so we can also get yeah. him. Yeah. Um, okay. Detroit. They added Asar Thompson, Marcus Sasser, Joe Harris, Monty Morris. They subtracted Corey Joseph. Um, first question. Assuming health, who plays more minutes this year, James Wiseman or Marvin Bagley? Who you got? Um, Bagley or Wiseman? <laughs> That's really gross. I think I'll go Bagley. Bagley, you're a, you've always been a Bagley guy. I'm in the bag. You said you wanted him over Luca. You would take him number one. You said back then. Did I say that? Yep. You loved him. Did I really? Yeah, all the time. You wouldn't <laughs> shut up about him. We were like, shut up. He's not good. I don't know. If I remember that. But... You were like, he's the next Luca. We were like, <laughs> why don't you just draft Luca then? Okay. Who? Uh, so they were terrible last year. Really bad. Obviously, Kate Cunningham wasn't there. Yeah, they did to their credit 
make some very like affordable moves to bring in some NBA vets with Joe Harris and Monty Morris. Yeah. Joe Harris, who I thought was injured all of last season, he actually played like a majority of the Nets games. So he was healthy. I don't know how good he was. I mean, he still is shooting 40% from three, but clearly not good enough for them to keep him. And they kind of gave him away for nothing. Mm-hmm. So they, they did bring in those two guys, which I think is a, a good thing. Well, Monte um, Morris Asar- a lot. Yeah. I, I like Asar Thompson. Yeah. I don't know how seamless that fit is going to be in the starting lineup, depending on how many shooters you can get out there. I mean, if you have yeah. Jalen Duran, you have Jay Nivey, who's a questionable shooter. You have Asar Thompson. You know, you're going to have Bogdanovich, which is good. And then we'll see. I mean, Cade has to start shooting it well at some point in his yeah. career. Yeah. Uh, I just, I can't do it. I, I, somebody has to be bad. And like, other than Charlotte and Washington, like, I just don't know who that team I'm, who I'm supposed to pick. So I'm, I'm going to take the under on Detroit. Yeah, I think that's fair. They're really, really young. And that uh, makes it they makes it tough. Are according to Hispanos.com. <laughs> hold on, let me let me double check this. I never want to get this wrong because mm-hmm. um, they they spend so much time. Shout out to Hispanos NBA. We need their you stuff guys. correct. Yep. Um. So the, the by the way, I did learn that the um the Thunder are still the second youngest team. According to them, yeah, yes, the Pistons are number one. Twenty three point three is their average age. Yeah. OKC is twenty three point eight. Portland twenty three point nine. Yeah, so that gives you an idea of who's at the bottom. Yeah, um, yeah youngest team in the league. Y- you can be really high on Cade and still think it's asking a lot for them to win basically twelve games more than they won last year mm-hmm. to hit this. I mean, yeah. that's a big jump. They could do it, I suppose. It's only 29 wins, but they're coming, starting out from 17. And part of that is because just the roster wasn't very good last year mm-hmm. beyond Cade. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm still going under on Detroit. Yeah, I, I, I like the way that Jaden Ivey played at the end of the season. I don't necessarily believe in how young players play at the end of the season translating directly. I don't think that always does. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Especially on teams that are going nowhere. I just I, I need to see it with him in a more competitive environment. Jalen Duran is still the youngest player on this team, and they're going to use him a lot. And he's going to be the anchor of their defense. And I think he's not going to be very good. Um, Asar Thompson can't shoot, and I I think that he does a lot of really cool stuff. I just don't think he meshes well with. Ivy and Cade yet, and they're going to want to play them a lot together. I think those four guys, Cade, Ivy, Asar, Jalen Duran, are like their, that's their core. And then you look at the players, the other young players that they have, like Beef Stew is not a great fit with them because I don't believe in his shot. James Wiseman is James Wiseman. And then, like, that's basically it with guys that you're developing. And so, you're counting a lot on William Bogdanovich, Alec Burks, Joe Harris, Monte Morris to kind of buoy this team. And like those are good players, but those are complementary players. Those aren't ceiling raisers. So yeah, I'll go under. Um, okay, how about for our last one? I'm just going to skip ahead because we already talked about them, so they'll be out of the way. The New York Knicks over under 44 and a half. As uh, me and Andrew already talked about, they were over. our number one 
over under lock. Yeah. For oh. over 44 and a half. Yeah. They love the Knicks this year. They added Dante DiVincenzo. They lost Obi Toppin. They have all the Villanova guys. Jalen Brunson looked good at times this summer, but we like him in general. Good to underwhelming this summer. Good to underwhelming, but still was still the starting point guard for Team USA. Yeah. Something. Uh, yeah, I, I, I feel very comfortable about this one. Yeah. They won 47 games last year. So we'll end on that since we already, we already agree on that. Yeah, it's not a lot of wins. I think they can get there. I think defensively they're going to be there. They've got a lot of tryhards. So, yeah, I like them. Uh, did we say a Thunder player from the Pistons? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thunder player from the Pistons. I mean, once again, Bogdanovich. Uh, the other Bogdanovich would also be good. He's too much of a chucker for me. You think a, he's too much of a chucker? He's a chucker. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think How Sar, about? I think Asar Thompson is a Thunder guy. I've kind of always yeah, thought Sar that. Um, and then for the Knicks? The Knicks. Let me, let me take a look at the Knicks. Uh, Isaiah Roby? Uh, we've seen him do it. DiVincenzo. He's proven it. DiVincenzo is a Thunder guy. DiVincenzo? Kind of hmm. does a little bit of everything. He could fit right in. Or Josh Hart. Either one. Yeah. I was thinking Josh Hart. Uh, especially with his streaky shooting, he would fit right in. It'd be great. It'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes uh, sense. Okay, so we'll do the other half of these for next week's show. Yep. That and we're then, recording this week. Yep. And we will have bold predictions coming at you for next week as well uh, in preparation for Thunder Media Day. Uh, we also have a Thunder Watch Party that we're going to announce soon that will be the first night of the Thunder season, which will be... A Wednesday, I think it's the 25th, against the Chicago Bulls here locally in Oklahoma City. So prepare yourselves for that as well. Uh, a watch uh, party, like in person? Or, I mean, in, at the arena or just a watch party? A, a down-to-dunk a watch party. But but not the in-arena thing? No. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, not in the arena. Um, all right. I hope you guys have an awesome day, and we will talk to you guys again on Friday. Bye. Bye. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.